Hey everyone, my name is Brandon, and today we're going to discuss how we can trust in God in the midst of uncertainty. We will be reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34 today. Um, so let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this time. I pray that you'll bless this time and that the words that I speak will be a reflection of you and your word. I pray that the teaching that I give will be an accurate representation of the gospel of Matthew and of your word, and I pray that more people will be able to share this podcast with others so that more people can know your story and your truth um, and understand how they can live a more godly life that honors you as men and women in Christ. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Um, so to give a little bit of background on the book of Matthew, um, the author of this book is most likely uh, Matthew, and he was a tax collector. He was one of the 12 apostles that were appointed by Jesus. And also, it's important to note that the gospel of Matthew is 30 to 40 years of teachings that were taught from the apostles. Um, They were passed down as, as oral traditions, and they were about Jesus and his teachings. A lot of these different teachings were memorized by the apostles, so we can understand that they were very significant. Matthew collected and arranged these oral traditions into a beautiful and amazing tapestry that was created to highlight certain themes about Jesus. The goal of the book of Matthew is to show us three things about Jesus, which are one, that Jesus is the Messiah from the line of David, Two, that he is the new and better Moses. And three, that Jesus is God with us or Emmanuel. The introduction of Matthew chapters 1 through 3 opens with the genealogy of Jesus. Um, It shows us Jesus' heritage and that Jesus is related to David. He's also related to Abraham. Um, This is especially important because it means that Jesus will bring God's blessing to all of the nation. Later, we see the story of Jesus' birth, which is uh, significant because it is a fulfillment of the Old Testament's prophetic promises, Um, and that's because the nations come and honor the Messiah. We can see that through the wise men and all those that have gathered to witness Jesus' birth. Also, another fulfillment of the, the prophecy would be that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and then the last fulfillment of the prophecy is that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and also his name, Jesus, means Emmanuel, or God with us. So the second thing that Matthew is trying to show us is that Jesus is the new and better Moses. Uh, We can see that Jesus is similar to Moses because both of them come out of Egypt. Both of them pass through water. For Jesus, it's the form of baptism in the Jordan River. For Moses, it's the crossing through the Red Sea. Another way Jesus and Moses are similar is that they both entered in the wilderness for, um, in Jesus' case, 40 days, in Moses' case, 40 years. And then lastly, Jesus gives his new law from the mountain, which is similar to how Moses received God's law on a mountain, uh, Mount Sinai. Another important thing about Jesus is that he will deliver Israel from slavery He will give Israel a new divine teaching. He will save Israel from their sin. 
and he has come to initiate a new covenant between God and his people. So when Jesus arrives, he announces the arrival of God's kingdom, and God's kingdom is God's rescue operation for the world. God's kingdom is in the form of his people. Jesus' plan is to confront evil, restore God's reign over the whole world, and um, he does this by creating a new family of people who will follow him, obey his teachings, and live under his rule. We see the first big block of teaching starting in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, which is known as Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Um, and this is where Jesus discusses how we can live in God's kingdom, um, which, as I've mentioned before, is an upside-down kingdom where there are no privileged members and where everyone from every nation, whether they're rich or poor, religious or not very religious, um, are called to turn to Jesus. They're called to repent their sins, and they're called to join Jesus' family. We also see that Jesus is here to fulfill the Torah and transform the hearts of the people so they can obey um, Jesus' greatest commands, which are to love God and to love others, including our enemies. So now with that background information covered, let's go ahead and step into some scripture, starting in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Um, This passage is called, Do Not Be Anxious, and I'm reading in the ESV. It says, starting in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So now let's reflect on what we've read and step into some reflection questions. The first one is, what is one thing that you've been anxious about recently? Um, So one thing that I've been anxious about recently would be my job and its security. Um, So to give you guys some background information, I've been filling in for one of my coworkers while she's out on maternity leave. Um, And so technically my position has been called a temporary work assignment. So it's not really permanent, but thankfully, Some of my anxiety was relieved when I found out today from my boss during a monthly review that my position is going to be permanent, uh, which is really great news. I'm also going to stay on my current team for the foreseeable future, which is really good to know. Although there's still some uncertainty left because my director, my boss's boss, has to solidify the budget for 2023. And um, at some companies that are tech companies like Facebook, They've had to do layoffs, 
um, in order to do cost savings and appeal to their stockholders. Um, Thankfully, State Farm isn't a publicly traded company. It's mutually owned by its policyholders. So we may not have to do layoffs, but I know there will need to be some cost savings um, done. So just praying that my job will remain permanent and that regardless of whatever happens, um, I know that God will provide. Um, So I know really all I can do is just trust God and and do my job well because it'll set me up for future successes um, even if they aren't necessarily at State Farm. The next question is, what is one example of how God has provided for you or someone in the Bible when they faced uncertainty? So one example of how God has provided for someone in the Bible would be Job. In the first chapter of Job, we learn that Job is a God-honoring and righteous man that has lived a good life. But later in the story, in chapter 1, we're transported to heaven where we get to witness a hearing in God's court. In this hearing, Satan challenges God and says that the only reason that Job has obeyed God is because God has rewarded Job for his godly and righteous living. Um, Satan says that Job will curse God to his face if God strikes down everything that Job has and makes Job suffer. So, um, God says very well and basically lets Satan wreak havoc on Job's life. And Job loses his family, um, he also loses his possessions, and as a result of this, um, you know, goes through a lot of crisis, wondering whether God is still a just God. But ultimately, Job is still honest with God and prays to him, even though it may be in anger and lament, he still presents his request to God. And so later, in the end of the book of Job, Job, not because of his behavior, but just as a gift from God because he is a good God, Job's fortunes are restored, and he's actually given two times as many um, of his possessions as as before. And so we see that Job celebrates by eating at his house with his brothers and sisters and all the people that had known him before. So all of this to say that God, even when things are uncertain, will provide because he is a good and righteous God that knows what he's doing, um, even if we don't understand why, which can be really difficult, especially during um, times where we may feel anxious or uncertain about whether it's our job or school or what we're going to do in the future or our kids if you're parents. Um, So, yeah, I, I think that it's important for us to trust God and know that he is good and to honor him by doing our best in everything that we do. So the last question is, when can you present your anxieties to God this week? And this could be in the morning or in the evening, during your lunch break or during a meal. I challenge you to set aside time and present your requests to God, um, trusting in him, knowing that God is good and he offers peace for those that follow him. Yeah, I just, uh, it's just my prayer that you'll set aside time to spend time with God and present your anxieties to him. I'd also challenge you to share something that you're anxious about with um, a loved one, whether that's a friend or family member, because I feel like we're not meant to go about this life alone. So I'll close this in prayer. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this time. I pray that you'll bless the people listening, and I pray that they will present their request to you 
and lay their anxieties at your feet, God. I pray that as a result of doing so um, and being faithful and trusting you in you, God, I pray that people will receive peace that you have to offer them as you've done in my life um, through security and in my job. I pray that people will feel the same peace that you have to offer in their life with whatever anxieties that they face. And I just thank you for today, and I pray that you'll bless the rest of this week for myself and also for the people listening. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen.